0: Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to FM 89.3 and it's now time for Under the Radar with me Chua Tian. Now today we're going to bring you an inside look into the kiwi fruit we eat from time to time for that vitamin C boost. Well, based in New Zealand, Zespri is one of the world's most successful horticultural marketing companies and it's the country's largest horticultural exporter. Now just to give you some numbers, the firm exports over 167 million trays of kiwi fruit around the world and we are talking about 30% of global volume and sales revenues of Get this, 3.1 billion US dollars. But how does the company work? Well, Zespri is 100% owned by current or past kiwi fruit growers. It manages kiwi fruit innovation, supply and distribution management, and marketing of varieties such as your Zespri green, Zespri gold kiwi fruit, and Zespri red. And aside from exporting products, it also gives up licenses to farmers to farm certain varieties of kiwi fruits. For instance, the golden kiwi fruit variety that is sweeter and higher in. And nutrients. And that's it. How does the firm assess its reliance on a single type of fruit for production and business growth? And also, where are the bright spots for Zespri in the near term? Meanwhile, Zespri also launched a two million dollars dollar innovation fund to drive agricultural innovation and mitigate the impact of climate change globally. But what can we look out for on this front? Well, for more, I've got with me Jun Shi, Global Chief Marketing, Innovation and Sustainability Officer of Zespri. Jun, welcome.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Tian Tian.
0: Great to have you, and I understand you're actually in Taiwan right now.
1: Yes, I'm I'm working in Taiwan this week. Taiwan is one of our big markets as well.
0: Wow, okay, we'll definitely talk about geographical markets, but let's start by talking a little bit more about Zespri. Uh, It's one of the world's most successful horticultural marketing companies, New Zealand's largest horticultural exporter, but let's hear from you. How would you describe your value proposition then? Oh look!
1: I mean, we think of ourselves as a bridge between the consumers and our amazing kiwi fruit growers. And you've mentioned that we represent two thousand and eight hundred kiwi fruit growers in New Zealand and about thousand and five hundred from around the world. Now, our value proposition to consumers is that we're not only offering a delicious, high quality kiwi fruit, but we are one of the most nutrient dense fruits in the world. Period. It has more vitamin C than oranges. It has more potassium than banana. It's high in fiber, low in glycemic index. I could go on and on around all of the goodness of kiwifruit, but we deliver that with a consistent quality and in a delicious manner. And to our growers, our value proposition is that on their behalf, we are creating premium demand in high value markets around the world by building one of the most recognizable and loved fruit brands in the world. This allows us to then deliver one of the best returns per hectare in horticulture in New Zealand and one of the highest returns per hectare for any crops around the world. So it is one of the most consistent return on investments a farmer in New Zealand can do to use their topsoil, to use their land. So so for us, you know, for Zespri and our Kiwi fruit growers, that value creation is important. But I just wanted to say it's not just about value money it's also about values the things that we believe in one of our key values uh, of our industry and zespri is called guardianship and it comes from the maori culture uh, uh, uh there is a concept called kaitiakitanga, which basically means that we are only custodians of this world for future generations right so this is really translated then into our purpose to help people Communities and the environment thrive to the goodness of kiwi fruit.
0: Let's also talk about your business model. Uh, June. I understand Zespri exports kiwi fruit varieties, uh, just to name a few: the Zespri Green, Zespri Gold, and Zespri Red. Um, but aside from exporting the fruit itself, you guys also give out licenses to farmers to grow certain varieties, such as the Gold kiwi fruit. So, take us through your business model in terms of your different revenue streams.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, I think it's an excellent question, and I and allow me to explain our business model through our growth flywheel. You know, in other words, the reinforcing business drivers that we leverage to accelerate our business momentum and value creation. And, and the first element for us in our flywheel is that we need to deliver an amazing kiwi fruiting experience to consumers. Without that, nothing else in the business model works. That's why we have our Zespri system, which is a comprehensive system across our value chain, collaborating with our growers, our post harvest, our shipping companies, our customers in the markets, distributors and retailers, to ensure that we're always delivering the best quality, taste and health properties. Now, if we do that right, then we can do with our brand, we have the ability to create demand ahead of supply. And and why is that important? The ability to be able to continuously create demand and plan your supply chain is absolutely critical for an agricultural crop. Now, if we can do that, right, of creating premium demand for our brand ahead of supply, we will then ensure that we are delivering the best uh, return for our growers and our industry partners, so that the best return then growing other crops. And by doing that, we can then attract more great growers that want to join our systems and offer more great quality kiwi fruit to consumers around the world. So, in part, our business model and, and our, our value creation comes from the marketing and selling uh, of fruit on behalf of our growers. But the other part of it is about licensing of our proprietary varieties. And that really goes to that element around being able to plan our demand out in a way that it's ahead of our supply. Right? So we really want to plan that, uh, that supply and to do that, we use that uh, licensing uh, of our proprietary varieties Sun Gold and Ruby Red to an auction in a way that is transparent and equitable for growers. And we have seen a, a very strong demand from growers that want to grow more uh, Sun Gold and Ruby Red uh, fruits, either through new development or conversions from other uh, kiwi fruit types. Um, And that level of interest has been reflected with uh, of the strong belief that the growers have in our system.
0: Mm. And I appreciate if we could get this question sorted out early on in the conversation as well. Jun, while we talked about many different varieties of the kiwi fruit, ultimately most of us see it as just one single product, which is the kiwi fruit itself. So, how would you then assess your reliance on exporting and licensing just one type of agricultural produce? And if I may sidetrack, how important then would IP protection be given the presence of unlicensed kiwi fruit farmers, particularly for your golden kiwi fruit?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think those are excellent questions, Tian Tian. Um, we believe that there is actually uh, a great benefit of focus. You know, we only do one thing, which is kiwi fruit, so we better do it really, really, really well. Um, one of the elements around that is in, to ensure that we are delivering the best quality uh, kiwi fruit, and we have the Zestry system, which we just talked about. But the other thing that we invest heavily about is innovation. And one of the elements of innovation is around breeding, and 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 breeding and developing new proprietary varieties, right? IP. Uh, we have formed uh, the Kiwi Fruit Breeding Centre, which is a joint venture company focused solely on breeding the best kiwi fruit in the world. In fact, uh, we have the world's largest kiwi fruit breeding program in the world. Um, so for us, that protection of IP. Is ap- of, of the varieties is absolutely critical, as well as one of our biggest differentiators is the fact that we have one of the most loved and recognizable brands. So that is also IP. So IP protection is fundamental uh, to the success of our business. And and I believe we've done well in this last uh, 10 years or so. We have in the last 10 years doubled our revenues, and we have almost tripled the average return per hectare to kiwi kiwifruit growers in New Zealand. But going forward, I think there is increased competition and the protection of IP is something that we have to continuously focus on. And and yes, in fact, there are some plantings around the world uh, of an authorized uh, of one of our proprietary varieties um, in China, for example. And that's something that we are working very closely with the local authorities and we're getting very strong support in terms of uh, of addressing that situation.
0: Right. And before we take a look at the wider business environment, June, I understand uh, you have 3,200 growers in New Zealand, 1,200 growers based elsewhere. So where are your farms located? And uh, in terms of geographical markets, both on the demand side and the supply side, on the grower side of things, which is the most important market for you operationally? And then what is the role of Singapore in this regard?
1: Yes, uh, excellent question. Um, so, just on the numbers, we have about 2,900 growers in New Zealand and about 1,500 around the world, but the numbers are approximately right. Um, from a production perspective, about almost 90% of our production still comes from New Zealand. Um, and about 80% of the production in New Zealand comes from one region. It's a beautiful region, Tiantian, if you ever want to visit New Zealand. It's called the Bay of Plenty. Um, so, but outside of New Zealand, we also grow kiwi fruit uh, uh, in four other uh, geographic locations, in Italy mainly, but also in France, in Japan, and in Korea. Um, and that is to be able for us to be 12 months on the shelf because there's only one harvest of kiwifruit a year. So that gives really need the, the both hemispheres production. Uh, from a sales and marketing perspective, uh, Europe is our uh, biggest uh, geographical uh, market as a, as a whole. But our two single biggest markets are actually China and Japan. Uh, and besides that, we have um, a very solid uh, business in South Korea. We have very solid business in the United States. So we have, uh, Vietnam is also one of our fast-growing markets. So around the world, uh, we sell in over 50 markets around the world. And 15 of that, those 50 markets represent about over 80% of our sales. Now, your question on the Singapore hub. The Singapore Hub is our uh, sales and marketing headquarter outside of New Zealand. So our headquarters is in the Mount Monganui in the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. And we've uh, developed a sales and marketing headquarter based here in Singapore uh, to, have, to really connect with all of our key selling regions around the world and making sure that we are developing the best in class, you know, thinking around how do we build our brand, how do we develop our sales channels, how do we partner with our key customers from around the world.
0: Mm. And let's take a look at the wider business environment. June, if we look at Moto Intelligence, it estimated the market for Kiwi fruit at 1.8 billion US dollars in 2023. Expecting that number to reach 2.3 billion US dollars by 2028, we are talking about a CAGR of 5.02% during the forecast period, which is between 2023 to 2028. How far do you agree with this assessment? What is driving growth in the sector?
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree that kiwi fruit consumption is on the rise, and we have uh, a lot of tailwinds behind us uh, in this sense. You know that uh, Tian Tian, that that kiwi fruit as a whole category. It's only less than 1% of the total fruit bowl. We're still tiny in the overall fruit bowl. We're only about 08 of the fruit bowl, right? So, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's still a tiny category. Uh, but in fact, it is one of the fastest uh, growth uh, in fruit. You know, it has one of the fastest uh, growth rates in fruits. It's one of the fastest growing uh, fruits. Um, for us as well, I mean, when, I, when we look at, I, I mentioned that 15 markets represent over 80% of our business. Even in those 15 markets that represent 80% of our business, we have less than one-third household penetration. So there's still tremendous head space there. And plus, there is a lot of uh, headwinds, particularly with people uh, around the world being more conscious around health and wellness. Um, since COVID, the per capita consumption of overall fruits has accelerated and started to rebound. You know, we've been going year on year where the average consumption per capita declines every year. And then since COVID, it's actually starting to grow again, but it's still very small. I mean, the average consumption per capita of fruit around the world is only about 33 kilos uh, a year. That's what? That's 90 grams a day. It's definitely not enough, but we are seeing a positive trend that people are eating more fruit. And kiwi fruit is actually one of the fastest growing uh, fruits in terms of preference for consumers because of how all of the health uh, properties and all of the goodness in
0: it. Right. Um, talk about kiwi fruit. I just had two golden kiwis yesterday, last night. So. Let's zoom in on popularity. I believe you were cited in a Food Navigator Asia article on the rise and popularity of the kiwi fruit in several countries. You mentioned that. The kiwi fruit is the most popular fruit in China right now. The third favorite fruit in Japan. There's also increased attention in Vietnam, Europe and the US. Why is this the case? And what bearing will this have on your operations, say your product lineup or where you intend to expand or where do you intend to put in your investments?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, I think there is an increased focus from... People from me, from from consumers around the world on health and being more mindful around what you eat and the impact of the food you eat, that the impact that that has on how you feel and your health and the health of your family, and that has been really a driving force for our business model. I mean. We are not here just to offer a product that is great for people. We actually want to be able to contribute in the market to the communities where we sell our fruit to increasing uh, health, right? And that health relationship, I believe, has changed since COVID. I mean, we now see health as much more holistic, right? It's not just about your physical health, what your doctor tells you it's good for you. It's much more around your emotional health, um you know your 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 mental health your spiritual health so people are looking at in more holistic they are looking for more experiences but they are also looking for products and brands that are authentic and food that is produced in a sustainable way and delivered in a sustainable way um without compromising on the essentials which is taste and quality right so and i think we can deliver all that um i think we are in, we are we are great experience, it goes well with a number of other foods as well. Uh, it is one of the healthiest foods, as I, as I mentioned uh, before, uh, and it is grown sustainably. So I think I'm very excited about what's ahead uh, of us for Zespri Kiwi fruit. But from the perspective of different focus areas and how does that impact our, our strategy, we have some markets where we have incredibly high penetration already. You know, so markets like Singapore, we have a very high penetration. I think you are a great example, tien, tien You're eating two sun gold kiwi fruits a day. Um, you know, markets like Singapore, we have already a very high penetration. But we have markets like the United States, which is a huge market uh, where we have a single digit penetration, uh, household penetration. So, you know, markets like Vietnam, markets like the U.S. and even in China where we are uh, one of the top preferences of consumers in China, we still have a lot of geographic expansion in China and China will remain one of our uh, most important, one of our biggest growth drivers uh, for the near future. From a product line perspective, uh, I'm excited to say, as I said, we have a a large breeding program. So we have a few surprises in our innovation pipeline, trying to meet more uh, different demand spaces for consumers in a way that is exciting and in flavor, but that's also very healthy.
0: Okay, we'll keep our eyes on that. Well, let's deep dive on the topic of uh, investments. June, I believe, Zespri had in November launched a two million U.S. dollar annual fund called the ZAG to drive agricultural innovation and mitigate the impact of climate change globally. A question, though: What was the rationale behind launching the fund, and how far will the fund support Zespri's operations? I know we talked about sustainability, but how does that all come back to top and bottom lines?
1: Yeah, no, um, since our inception uh, about 25 years ago, Zespri has managed innovation on behalf of the kiwifruit industry to really address those big challenges that confront our industry. And I think with the recent climate events, you know, and this rapidly shifting weather patterns, it has really reminded us that there's just so much more work for us to do. Uh, both from a mitigation but also very importantly, from an adaptation perspective so we really understand that time is of the essence to really safeguard our planet and enhance the well-being of our communities and and the agricultural sector in particular is highly susceptible to the impact of climate change you know growers are some of the most vulnerable people to the impacts of uh, climate change but they also hold a key To the, to a big part of the solution. You know, the food production accounts for about a third of all emissions around the world. I was just, uh, I just, I was just at COP28 last week and I was really encouraged that agriculture has become much more of a central part of the conversation. So, so with that, we recognize that we cannot address these challenges that our farmers and our industry faces on our own, which is why we are launching ZAG. Disaster Innovation Fund to really enable us to accelerate our impact of fostering really global collaborations and encourage innovation uh, that is sustainable um, through a facilitated investment uh, through this fund. And, and if I may, I mean, the four key areas that we are looking to solve uh, for our industry are sustainable solutions that is good for people. How can we provide more access to great nutrition, including kiwi fruit, to more people around the world. That is good for the communities in terms of ensuring the well-being of our growers and the farmers and the people that work on the farms. That is good for the environment and that is good for the productivity of the fruit. So, And these areas are not isolated, they are all interconnected uh, and form a broader strategy how we're going to continue to sustainably create more value in a way that is conducive and aligned to our purpose.
0: Right, and staying on the topic of the ZEC, what projects are you looking to invest in specifically within Southeast Asia? I understand you are looking at reducing emissions and shipping and packing of kiwi fruits. Why is this the case?
1: Yeah, no, so Despite kiwi fruit being a relatively low-emission crop on orchard, uh, shipping is a big challenge. Uh, shipping accounts for forty-three percent of our emissions. But I'm very excited by some of our shipping partners starting to deploy more sustainable uh, ships. You know, one of our big shipping partners has started to deploy methanol-enabled vessels. Another one of our large shipping partners is now testing ammonia enabled container ships. And we are really collaborating with these large shipping partners towards achieving our respective net zero targets. Uh, but besides that, and particularly when I think around some of the great innovation happening here in Southeast Asia, there's a couple of spaces that excite me. I mean, I think one is around sustainable packaging. Um, you know, around the world, there's still too much food packed in plastic. You know? And, and, and packaging is there for a reason, right? I mean, we a lot of the fruits are packed because it helps to reduce waste. And waste is a big contributor to CO2 emissions. Notwithstanding, that's just wrong, right? To waste good food. Uh, but we need to do that packaging in a much more sustainable manner, which is why we signed a pledge with Alan Carter back in 2020 to be 100% of our packaging recyclable, compostable, or reusable. Um, I, I'm happy to say that we are making good progress. We're now at 88% of our total packaging. But one of the challenges that we have, which we need help, and I'm calling out for all great innovators across Southeast Asia, is on our consumer-facing packaging. Uh, we started this journey in 2020 when we made the pledge at about 45% of our packaging being uh, recyclable, compostable, or reusable. We are now at 73%, but we still have a gap uh, to go and we need innovation around that. So that's one of the areas that I'm calling out. And I see some great uh, ideas and innovations across Singapore and other Southeast Asian countries on packaging. The other is about health access. The reality is that we offer a, a great healthy product, but just offering and selling a healthy product is not enough. You know, there is a real paradox in the world. That while most of us know the basics of a eating a healthy diet, we're not practicing it, right? We, we suffer it from what I call the, the 90-10 paradox. We have a 90-10 paradox around the world. So there is, a, there is a survey from the International Fresh Produce Association that shows that over 9 out of 10 people, over 90% of people say eating more fresh fruits and vegetables is good for my health and my family's health. Nine out of 10. And yet in most countries, only one out of 10 eats the minimum five a day. Right. So that's a, we have a real 90-10 paradox. So no wonder as a society we are facing the dual challenge of both obesity and malnourishment. It's incredible.
0: How far has that got to do with the pricing of fruits? I mean um, don't mind me saying this if we go to the supermarket right now to look at a box of sesame uh, kiwi fruits four in a box um, I'm not sure what's the price around six dollars also how do we get around that? Are you intending to increase supply?
1: We are intending to increase supply but uh, I mean and I say for myself, but I don't mind you know and some people we don't mind paying6 dollars50 on a, on a bag of potato chips. Uh, right, <laughs> so for six fifty, you can get a, a punnet of a zespri kiwi fruit and other fruits, right? But or you can get a bag of potato chips. So it's also the options we make, right? So I, I think a lot of it has to do with education, uh, Tian Tian, and the choices that we as a consumer make of what is really good for us and where we put our money in terms of the categories and the brands. And I think one of the things we want to partner with others around the world is just to increase not only the accessibility, but the accessibility through education programs and ways that we can actually help people make better choices with their money so to deliver a healthier, uh, a healthier lifestyle. And diet plays a critical role in that.
0: And before we let you go, uh, June, what are some of Zespri's future plans for 2024? What can we expect here in Asia, specifically within Singapore as well?
1: I mean, we will continue to to focus in Singapore uh, as one of our most developed markets. Uh, We will continue to expand our access of our marketing campaigns and making sure that we have the whole suite of the portfolio including ruby red which is our newest uh, launch uh, it, which is not everywhere around the world we'll make sure that we have plenty of uh, access and co- continue to communicate uh, the health benefits benefits of kiwi fruit uh, the other thing that we can look forward to uh, in the year, year to come we will have a bumper crop year so we're going to have more volume around the world, more great quality uh, kiwi fruit uh, around the world. So, we'll continue focusing on developing the brand, creating demand, communicating our health properties in a lot of the markets we talked about China, Japan, Europe, United States, Vietnam. And last but not least, we will continue to focus on innovation to help mitigate and adapt to some of the impacts from climate change and other challenges. We will continue to develop sustainable innovation for our industry uh, and the ZAG, the, our innovation fund, is going to be an important component of that. So I'm really calling out to all innovators, darers, you know, like-minded uh, uh, business leaders from around the world to join us in this.
0: Mm, so if you're an innovator, you know who to reach out to, right? June is, is here. Well, thanks a lot, June. That was June She, Global Chief Marketing, Innovation and Sustainability Officer of Zespri. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before
1: I- Acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.